Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Dr. Kelly Jones. And this is Big, Strong, Yes. Welcome to Big Strong Yes, the show where we share our journey of reading three books that are inspiring us to embrace courage, creativity, and the call to adventure. Rising Strong by Dr. Brene Brown, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, and Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. We are most active on Twitter, so follow hashtag Big Strong Yes for announcements and discussion. Follow Lonnie at Lonnie Diane Rich and me at Dr. Kelly Jones. You can also email us at bsy at chipperish.com. Yes, we are incredibly reachable. You can find us in a million different places. And if you are a Patreon supporter, we have a big, strong, yes, chat room on Discord where we both hang out, we answer questions, we give support, but mostly everybody else there is always, there's always somebody there. Everybody's talking about really interesting things. There's all this really interesting rumbling going on, which I find really cool. And like, I'm learning how to rumble from these people. So it is incredible. You're seeing a lot of these things kind of in action as people are dealing with whatever it is they're dealing with. Um, so go on over to patreon.com at Chipperish to find out how you can support Chipperish Media and get access to the Discord chat room. And thank you to everyone for the support you're giving the show and for participating with us online. Your tweets and your graphics and your comments and the iTunes reviews mean so much to us. Um, if you enjoy Big Strong Yes, please give us a review on the Apple Podcast app. This is the best way to help us promote the show and help other people find the show. Absolutely. Those reviews make such a huge difference. And thank you so much to everybody who has given us a review. And if and you haven't yet and you have a little time, that would be really great. Thank you. Um, we altered our reading schedule a little bit. Um, we kind of looked at everything that we were, we were doing and realized that we're going so deep into these readings that we kind of had to shorten them and then expand the show. So the new schedule is up at chipperish.com. Uh, go ahead and put a search in for big, strong. Yes schedule. Originally, we were going to do both chapter eight and chapter nine this week, but now we're splitting those up. We're doing chapter eight tonight. We're going to do chapter nine, composting failure next week. We're doing easy mark tonight, composting failure next week. Um, and uh, you can find everything you need at the um, at chipperish.com. Um, just go ahead and do a search for Big Strong Yes schedule. You'll be able to find it there and you'll see what, uh, what chapters we're going to be reading and when we're going to be reading them. We were originally going to finish a recording Big Strong Yes in like December, and now we've moved all the way into March. So, um, and I think that that's good. We're doing everything with so much detail. We're going so deep into these discussions that um, that I think we're you know we just need extra time to get through all of this stuff to be able to really get the most out of it. Mm -hmm. so, and you know, in every yeah. syllabus that I write, I have a little footer that's like I hold the right to make adjustments as needed for students learning. And I think the yes. same holds true for the podcast. So I am for the podcasters learning. That's right. Yes. <laughs> and for ours <laughs> and for mine. Yes. All right. So um, we had homework this week. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. <laughs> well, we weren't supposed sort to. <laughs> we had a week without homework, but we did homework anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, and so we weren't supposed to have homework, but I kind of already like assigned homework to you. And, and I don't think I was willing to take it off the table. <laughs> Because I really uh, wanted you to do it. Um, but luckily, <laughs> because I was moving and my whole life is in boxes, you had two weeks. Yes. So I guess we still kind of had a week without homework. 
We still kind of had a week with that homework. I actually, I did a couple of things. Um, one of the things I did was my therapist, Crystal, who I really like, um, has been bugging me like every week to do these affirmations, yeah. you know, and she's like, look in the mirror and do these affirmations. And I'm like, affirmations. And she's like, yeah, say something nice to yourself in the mirror. And I'm like, I can't do that. Like, that's just like, there are certain things that are me and certain things that are not me. And that is not me. That is a very not me thing to do is to look in the mirror and be like, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh, darn it. People like me, which I realize (laughs) is a sarcastic, stupid and assholey way to express this because affirmations, a lot of people have done them. They can be really, really valuable. Crystal would not bug me every single week to do them Mm -hmm. if they weren't. So one of the things that I did was um, I, on the way into work, I think about my affirmation. When I park in the parking lot, I do the affirmation into my phone. I record myself doing the affirmation because my face is there. It's kind of like looking in the mirror, but it's also sort of like talking to somebody else. So I actually did video recordings of me doing affirmations, I think, for only a couple of days last week because then we had the weekend and I didn't do them over the weekend and then I worked from home today so I didn't work too today but um but basically like I just I found that to be kind of like a happy medium because I still feel like I'm talking and like I'll show them to Crystal and I'm basically talking to Crystal yeah <laughs> I love that so, no that is yeah wonderful. so you you kind of get homework extra credit that is, yeah, that's well, fantastic. there we go. I don't I don't know how valuable it is but maybe I think it's very valuable and I have tried to get into the affirmation habit as well. Um, I haven't had any luck with it yet, but I will say there is a ton of research that shows it is an incredibly effective practice. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think Crystal's right on. Um, I struggle mm-hmm. with it because a, I cannot remember to do it and B, I don't want to look in the mirror and talk to myself. So no, I don't want to look in the mirror and talk to myself. It's hard enough looking into the phone, but mm-hmm. at least the phone is like reflecting me back at me, yeah. but it feels like I'm talking to somebody else. But I really so, like, yeah. I love how you are. You're, you're really exploring videos in all kind of new ways. Like you've, you've shifted one of your favorite podcasts into a video format. Mm-hmm. You did the video shitty first draft before. Now you're using that mm-hmm. for your affirmations. So you're really finding the medium that's working for you. And I think that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a little weird, too, because um, I've always hated, like, I hate getting my picture taken. I've always hated getting my, I can't look at pictures of myself. Well, I couldn't. I couldn't when I was married to number two. And then now... I'm fine with it. Now I've got videos and I'm looking at myself all the time and, and it's fine. Like I'm doing selfies. I'm going to actually, I'm going to actually have professional photography in a couple of weeks for my, my website photo, author photo, kind of official personality photo kind of thing. So I'm actually having that professionally done in a couple of weeks, which is, uh, which is a little bit nerve wracking, but it doesn't bother me anymore the way that it used yeah. to. And I don't know. I don't know what that's about. Well, you are beautiful and I'm glad that oh. you are having real pictures made and I can't wait to see them, but I give a big, strong yes to professional photo shoot. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be really nice. I'm hoping that the weather will be nice and I can do it kind of outside yeah. in the village and have my, my village is sort of the background oh, of, I uh, love for it. That. So, 
So I'm hoping that that will be, will be nice. And I just have to figure out what, what to wear. So that's going to be a whole thing. Very but cool. anyway, so that's the plan. The other part of my homework that I had, um, was, uh, you know, I made my, you must be this tall, yes. right. To get anywhere with me, mm-hmm. my boundaries, my list of requirements for anybody that I'm going to be dating or anything like that. Right. Yep. Um, so then I, I created a, a list of, I am already this fucking tall. Like this is this is what I bring, right? Because I was like, okay, what is it? You know, who's gonna want me and and all that kind of stuff and blah blah blah. So um so I made a list of the things that I am already this tall. And I guess this is kind of, you know, affirmative too. This is sort of an affirmation. Good progress. So now I've got to, I've got to read these out loud. Is that the, is that the deal? That's is the that deal. Do? Yes. The whole list, baby. <laughs> the whole list. I'm so proud right. of you. I'm so well, proud. Well, thank of you. you. I am saying this to thousands of people. So that's, that's really not uncomfortable at all. All right. <laughs> I, this is Lonnie's. This is Lonnie's. I am already this fucking tall list. Okay. <laughs> and here's the thing. Everybody listening, I want you to do this too, because I don't want to do this by myself. This makes me feel like an asshole. Okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> all right. Smart, funny, brave, passionate, kind, loving, financially secure, independent, self-sufficient, capable, teachable, loyal, honest, trustworthy, reliable, talented, adventurous, curious, accomplished, and serious fucking business. Serious That's my list. fucking badass. I love you so That's much. Right. You are wonderful. <laughs> I, I love, love this too, list. Thanks. This is like the best homework ever. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's, you know, I mean, I, I wrote it out and I was like, okay, you know, all this stuff is true and it's all, it's all good. Um, and there you go. So how did it feel to write something good about yourself? God, you know what? I, I don't, it's, it's weird. Like, cause Crystal obviously has, has zeroed in on this part of my personality. Right? <laughs> she's always like, she's like, you always talk about how good you are at your work. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's like, you get a lot of your identity from that. But she's like, you don't talk about how, like, what a good person you are, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, because like, you know, I mean, the thing is like, I grew up with, a narcissistic mother, right? So this woman, like she would go out shopping and somebody would make a comment about how she looked young for her age. You know, they would, they would look at her ID for whatever reason. And then they'd be like, Oh, you don't look this old. And she would be glowing like all day and telling everybody the story about the person who said she didn't look that old. You know, it's like this kind of thing. And so every, you know, she would talk about herself in these glowing terms all the time. You know, like she, she had to constantly buff up her own ego. So I have gone the opposite way in my life. I have chosen modesty and humility. And I think that that's okay. I like, I don't know, like, I I like being self-deprecatory. I like being clear with what my faults are. Mm -hmm. I think it gives me a certain amount of comfort because it it reassures me that I'm not going to end up, you know, like my mother, because that was a tragic thing. I'm sure for her to experience to live like that has got to be truly awful, but it is also truly awful for everybody around you because it's just horrible and gross. So, um, so this kind of thing, like I, you know, deep down inside, like, I think that I know that I'm a good person. Like I know that I'm, you know, like I'm a decent human being and, um, you know, and I, like, I feel good about, about myself. Well, okay. I, obviously I don't because my therapist has been pushing me for this for a long time. <laughs> so I don't feel good, but I kind of like, I feel like I feel good about myself. I feel like I feel good enough about myself and maybe that's not true. Um, I mean, obviously patently that's not true. Um, but I don't know. So like writing this list, I was like, okay, yes, these are all the things that I, that I am, but it's still not, it doesn't touch the thing that I feel like is essentially wrong with me. Is that, 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I feel like it doesn't matter how good I am. It's never going to be good enough. It doesn't matter what I'm good at. It's never going to be good enough. It's never going to be enough to overcome the essential unlovability that is me. So all of this stuff is like, yeah, that's great. I know I'm all these things, but it's still not enough. And I think that that's maybe that realization is, is something that's of value here and I can work with that, but I don't know. Like it doesn't, I did the affirmations. I wrote this thing. I don't feel any different. Like I, my sense of myself mm-hmm. hasn't changed. My sense of my own value, my own worth hasn't changed. We did this. Oh, here's the thing that happened this week. Can I tell you the yes, story please. while I hog up all of everything? All right. So we went to go see this dog trainer, right? Because we were trying to work with Pratchett. Um, he has a little bit of separation anxiety, has some, some, um, some behavior stuff going on. Like he's, he's getting into his adolescent phase. So he's really pushing his boundaries and we're trying to basically establish ourselves as we are in charge, you know, and he needs to know that. So we went to go see this uh, trainer and the trainer was, um, was really, really gross. Like it was me and the girls and we took the dog and the trainer kept making all these like flirtatious, um, <gasps> Yeah, like, and he, he managed to touch both the girls, um, during this, like, 15 minute session that we did, like, this free consultation with him. Oh, yeah, that's when um, I'd be teaching every- Pratchett how to sick. Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but you know, in the moment, like the girls and I were like, Oh, he, 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 ha, ha. We were just being really polite. And when we got in the car and we started talking on the way home, um, you know, both the girls were like, yeah, he was really given a bad vibe. And I was like, and he did this and he did that. And he, you know, and he, he got next to me and touched me too. Like, like things like where he touched the shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, he touched one of my daughter's hair as like a, um, like an example for something that he was doing. I'm like, you know, you could have gotten all of your points across without using it. And every metaphor he used was like a sexual gendered metaphor. It was like sexual really, but like, he was like, he was like, so if your boyfriend, you know, oh, suddenly was like, oh, I'll listen, I'll, I'll no. like you as long as there's nobody prettier around, would that be okay? Like stuff like that. Like he just kept using all of these really like gross, like there are a million metaphors out there in the naked city. Trust me. I torture metaphors every week <laughs> on this podcast. And I don't think, I don't think I've had like a sexual one yet, you know, like, cause there's so many other things, but it was all like, like, um, like, you know, gender romance, like relationship, boyfriend, you know, kind of stuff. And, um, and so as we're driving home, I'm like, I can't believe this guy, spoke to me like that, spoke to you like that, touched both of you. And I didn't say anything. I sat there and I was smiling and I was polite. And then we left and I was like, I'm not coming back and I'm not giving you my dog, you know? Um, so I, I like, I, what, what is that? Like, how did I not see that I can stand up for myself, that I can stand up for my girls, that I can, that this behavior is inappropriate, that it crosses a boundary, that it should be, you know, like, I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. Like, what is that? That is a lifetime of social conditioning as a woman in America. (laughs) Okay. Like, seriously, we are trained to be polite. Polite Mm -hmm. first. And Mm -hmm. unless it was something way out of line, you're taught to, you know, laugh it off and be polite. And then, but, however, you did really well pushing back in the car. You talked about it with the girls. You said, mm-hmm. this was not okay. We are not going back to this guy, and here's why. And mm-hmm. that is huge. I mean, giving them that, at least, is much bigger than what most girls would get, you know? I don't know, but I just trained them to be polite when somebody's being a total douche, you know? And and just because it's, like, some guy, like, I don't know. Like, it, honestly, sometimes I have these experiences where I'm being really polite, and then I get out of the situation and I'm like, what the hell? I like, that how too. did I not stand up? No, like, so here's a crazy example. Um, 
mm-hmm. when we were packing, we were, you know, moving all this stuff. And, you know, your brain just shuts down when you're moving a house in it. Mm-hmm. And right. um, so the doorbell rings and I go and answer the door and my son's, you know, right there with me. And it's a lady from a investment company and she's like new mm-hmm. to the town and she's coming around and meeting people. Um, and she starts asking me, you know, questions like, where do I work? And all this other kind of stuff. And I mm-hmm. find myself answering her questions. Yeah. Now, I didn't particularly want to. I didn't particularly mm-hmm. like her. And I'm not the kind of person that just gives information because someone asked for it. And yet, because mm-hmm. I was, I guess, stressed out or overloaded or distracted or whatever, mm-hmm. I found myself answering her questions. And when she left, my son looked at me and he's like, are you okay? He's like, why did you tell her all that stuff? And I said, I don't know. I think I was just being polite and I was too tired Mm -hmm. to fight her out of the door. And he's like, you don't ever have to answer questions like that. And I'm like, well, I know I'm the one who (laughs) taught you that (laughs) But in the moment. You know, it is so hard to keep your boundaries in place when you feel like you're, you know, you've been taught, hey, you're overreacting or Right. You know, and so if your boundaries have been repeatedly knocked down by people, it's really hard to keep them up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yours have not been respected your whole life. Neither have mine. And so mm-hmm. it's something that we struggle with. And instead of beating yourself up for it afterwards, I mean, just like you had that conversation with your girls, I had the same conversation mm-hmm. with my son. And I'm like, you're right. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have, you yeah. know, just because she wanted it does not mean I should have given it to her. And I'm not. Mm-hmm doing business with her. I'm not calling her back. I don't, you know, particularly like being hounded when obviously we're in a, you know, a state of rushed Mm -hmm. craziness. Right. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But I think there was value just in having that conversation instead of him just seeing me be polite and me being bothered and then not say anything, you know? Mm -hmm. So at least if I didn't have the conversation in the moment, at least I had the reflection with him afterwards. And you did the same thing with your girls and that's good. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I will never learn how to do that. I am always so concerned with other people and their comfort that I never think about. And I mean, and I let him make my girls uncomfortable without really thinking about it or realizing it. And so I just, I felt really bad about it. And I apologized to him. I was like, I don't know what the hell, I don't know why I didn't do anything. I don't know why I didn't say anything. You know, the guy was making me uncomfortable, but like, also I, I always second guess, like when somebody makes me uncomfortable, I'm like, Oh no, I'm just overreacting. Let's give him a chance, you know, because I don't want to be the one to, 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 you know, to be rude. I don't want to like, you know, be mean to somebody. And I don't know how to, how to manage that. So anyway, that's, I think, probably slightly off topic, but I think it relates back to this, I, this sense of, of value and, and boundaries. Oh, it absolutely That I does. have yeah. such a difficult time. Mm-hmm. I, and anybody out there, seriously, come, you know, put, go to the forum, go to Twitter, go somewhere, send us an email, something. Uh, somebody has got to tell me how to deal with boundaries because <laughs> I can't, I'm, I'm the worst at that. I would think that there's not a soul listening to us who does not struggle with this in some way or has mm-hmm. not struggled with it at one point. I do yeah. not think this is unique to us. Somebody's got to be good at it though. Oh, yeah. Be somebody who can lead me out of this because and I, and I think, I'm the you worst know, at boundaries. Unfortunately, I think women who are incredibly good at this are often described as being bitchy. Right, but I'm okay with that. I am totally like, okay know, with I've that. Been, I've been really nice and sweet for 46 years and it hasn't gotten me a whole lot. But you know what? I don't need to try in the bitch hat for a while. Yeah. You know? Um, and I mean, I think that in the appropriate space and in the appropriate you know, time, like Mm -hmm. you can be, and again, like the bitch thing, like I, I 
you know, I, I, I like the idea of reclaiming the bitch, yeah, you know, too. and all of that. But it's like, it's such, it's a word that is used to keep women from asserting themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not even being aggressive. It's just asserting. If you simply assert yourself and say, Hey, that's not okay. You're a bitch. That's wrong. Yeah. And that's how we've been socialized. Well, here's how I know that we're not alone in this <laughs> because <laughs> the other day, a friend of mine, told me there was a new podcast episode that I had to listen to and I listened to it yeah. and then I had a fit and made you listen to it. And so what's <laughs> an episode of Dear Sugars where they interviewed mm-hmm. Oprah Winfrey, yes. one of the most powerful women in the world who mm-hmm. shared how much she struggles with boundaries yeah. and with self-worth and some of the mm-hmm. same exact issues that we struggle with. And I mean, yeah. if, if the problems are good enough for Oprah, then I am okay right. to be rumbling with them, you know? <laughs> yes. If it's, if it's a challenge for Oprah, yeah. who is one of the most powerful, like strongest, smartest people, right. you know? And if she struggles with it, I remember once I read an article by somebody who was talking about how she's been struggling with her weight and all that kind of stuff. And then she was like, I've tried all this stuff. And she's like, okay, but let's take a step back. Oprah has all the resources in the world, right? She's got all the money. She can take whatever time she wants. She can put whatever effort, like she has all the resources in the world and she can't beat that weight problem. Like if Oprah can't, then screw it. And the thing is, is that Oprah has to like, she's still, you know, she's got nice curves on her, but I mean, she has gotten down to like, I mean, she looks (laughs) good and she's always look good. She She is always look good. She looks good. So, I mean, she's, She's heavier than the standard mm-hmm. for the American woman, but the standard for the American woman is keep her starved and weak so that she can't fight back, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, and that's the thing. Like you look at it, you think, okay, if Oprah struggles with this stuff, right. then I guess maybe it is okay that I, you know, with much less, much fewer resources than Oprah has, am struggling with this, I think, you know? You. Yeah. I think my new All mantra right. is if my problem is good enough for Oprah, then I'm okay with it. <laughs> Then it's, okay. then it's okay. And I'll, I'll rumble. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So how did your homework go? So, you know, I wasn't supposed to have homework this week, which is funny because right. we know <laughs> Kelly in a class without homework is just not going to happen. Um, but I, I did a little bit by accident, which was kind of mm-hmm. fun. And this was all fun. There was no serious rumbling Good. in this. Um, so one was we had a this little like contest thing at work uh, in a workshop and <laughs> We were supposed to take an idea and present it creatively. And um, mm-hmm. I ended up having fun and got past my vulnerability and, and was a little silly in front of some of my, of oh, my coworkers good. and wrote a um, wrote some lyrics to the Ghostbusters song, which we used. Uh-huh. And we won the little contest in there. And I'm incredibly competitive. <gasps> so that made me happy. Um, <laughs> but it was very unusual for me to be the mm-hmm. silly one in a group at work. Like, that's just not oh, yeah. normally how I roll. Um, right. But this is a new job, though. So yes. you can kind of redefine, you know, who Kelly is yeah. in this context. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and it was fun. And I forgot how much I really enjoy writing silly lyrics. And I, I always did, you know, when I was a kid. And mm-hmm. um, and it just got me thinking about, you know, writing silly things or some of the, the funny stuff that I used to write. And then in the process mm-hmm. of packing. I remembered I had written this um, this play when I was in the sixth grade, mm-hmm. and it was you know very silly, and it was a retelling of Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's set in the eighties, and they were going to the mall because you know that's <laughs> well right. right. 
And um, oh, sure. I wrote it, and it has like a little rap in it. It's got some silly little lyrics in oh, it. Oh my god! And my class acted it out for the whole school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, oh, how cool! But the thing was, I completely forgot about it. I mean, like total mm-hmm. blank slate. And like 15 years later, I ran into one of the guys who had been in my class. He had actually been the narrator in the play. And he, oh, he yeah. asked if I was still writing. And I just kind of gave him the deer in the headlights, you know, blank stare. Oh. And he was like, remember Hansel and Gretel? And once he reminded me, like the memory mm-hmm. came back, but it had been completely gone from my head yeah. until he mentioned it. And so mm-hmm. I think I just... When I quit writing, I just lost touch with it completely. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it was like some of those muscles are, are kind of frozen. But um, in packing, I found I do have one box that has just some stuff in it. Um, just some, uh-huh. not a lot, but a little bit. And this, the play was in there. And so oh, I great. typed it up and, and it was mm-hmm. actually fun to read. And maybe it's because I was so young that, you mm-hmm. know, I could enjoy it and laugh a little. I didn't feel like I had to critique it and and tear it apart you know because it was written by a kid um and and it was in my shell silverstein poetry phase you know because Uh i loved his writing in the sixth grade um but in the box when i was digging through it i found uh an honorable mention ribbon for a statewide poetry contest that i had Uh had won that same year um and also completely forgot about like (laughs) just all right can i just can i just take a moment can i just take a moment to step back right over the last couple of weeks, you have been like talking about a few different writing experiences that you had, right? Mm-hmm. And all of them have been massive successes. You wrote that essay for the class with the asshole teacher <laughs> and everybody voted it the best one. You wrote the Hansel and Gretel and they acted it out for the whole school. You won an honorable mention ribbon in a poetry contest. Like, I think that you have natural talent. You have yet to share anything that you've written with me and that's okay. I don't like, I understand, you know, I don't need to write it and you're not ready to share. And that is, I don't need to read it and and you're not ready to share. That's totally fine. But, but I mean, like you, do you see that pattern that like your writing has been appreciated in so many different ways in ways that a lot of people don't get their writing appreciated? You know, I mean, like that's kind of spectacular. See? Do you see, do you see that? No, do you see what I see? This there? is when I start fidgeting in my chair and I feel like, oh like I feel God. like a show off. Like I feel like I'm saying all this stuff. Uh, but here's the super funny part. Okay, so I read the play over, and it was kind of cute, uh-huh. and then I had this yeah. this nanosecond, and I thought, I'm going to put this in the Big Strong S show notes. I'm going to share this with people. <gasps> Are you going to? I'm going to. Oh, my God, that's so and, cool. And not because I think it's good, but because I think, like, the fear of sharing is what holds me back. And so, right. And you can share something that you wrote as a kid right. and it doesn't feel as vulnerable because you're so, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful first step. I love that. It's been, I mean, I can't wait to read it. I'm, let's see, I'm 39. I was 12. I don't do math. What is that? 27 years? 27 yeah. years. So I can handle the critique. <laughs> something okay. that i wrote 27 all, years I don't think ago anybody's i don't think anybody is going to be like oh my god this is such crap yeah. like eh, you know i don't think anybody's going to do that about hansel and gretel at the mall because that you take it in the spirit in which it was written <laughs> oh you know? my god I um, look at her butt yeah <laughs> it's gonna be so fun but you know i mean i think i think and you know i haven't read anything of yours but i kind of think you're probably a really good writer i mean you're probably really good 
based on just the the feedback, the things that have happened that you don't even notice and you don't give yourself any credit for at all. But, you know, most people don't get that kind of recognition for something they write. It just doesn't usually happen. You know, writing is is a long process and it takes a long time to get good at it. I think it sounds to me like you've got a lot of natural talent. Or I could have just been an incredibly show off and kid. <laughs> but it was I kind of doubt it. <laughs> it's possible. But just that 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 second of actually thinking, hey, I think this might be fun to share. I don't yeah. think that's ever happened to me before. Oh so, my God. See, I'm rubbing off on yeah. you. It's this whole exhibitionist thing. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I think that's so great. Well, I am really excited. I'm really proud of you because I know that's not easy for you, you and I'm excited about it. That's cool. That's a nice first step. It was good. It was good fun homework. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Yeah. I'm glad you did well, it. That's you. awesome. <laughs> All right. So what about reflections for this week? So mine was all about writing. We can come back to that in a second. But where were you with your reflection from last week? Oh, my God. I mean, I've been like all over the place. I've I've been I've been thinking about the forgiveness thing. You know, I've been thinking about like being trying to focus on me because I'm always so focused on other people. Um, I'm I'm angry a lot. I'm kind of processing a lot of this anger. You know, I listened to me go off on the forgiveness <laughs> rant. Which was awesome. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I got a lot of really wonderful response to it from people. So apparently it didn't make everybody as uncomfortable as it made me. Um, but uh, but trying to kind of like deal with, with my anger, um, trying to sort of um, accept like myself and the way that I am like I have all these shoulds like I should do this I should do that I should be this whatever I'm not doing anything right you know mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything right and I know I'm not doing it right and the thing is through my whole life if I knew I wasn't doing it right I would I would uh, go to the shoulds you know I should be doing this I should be feeling this I should be whatever but the thing is I'm not like you know I'm accepting what is and what I am feeling and what I am doing and just kind of like living with that um and trying not to, um, try not to be, I guess, perfect. Although perfect isn't even I, what I'm, what I'm shooting for is not even close to perfect. It's just like acceptable, I think. Yeah. Um, just not, not being a way that I shouldn't be. And I know I'm being vague about this, but it's just like, it's, it's just a whole bunch of stuff. It's like talking to number two. I shouldn't talk to number two. I shouldn't, I do, you know, and, and it ends up always being a really difficult thing for me, but, um, but that's what I end up doing. You know, um, I have a really good friend who I won't talk to and who I've kind of like, um, split away from because she is part of the whole group with his girlfriend and him and all that kind of stuff. And I won't even talk to her, but I'll talk to him who actually did it. You know, I won't talk to her because she's associating with him, but I'll talk to him for reasons of, I don't even know why she's much better than he is. Um, so I'm just like, you know, I'm struggling with a lot of this stuff and, and just kind of riding it out instead of not doing something because I think I shouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to figure out why do I want to do this thing? Like, what is it that, you know, that I'm, I'm getting out of it? Because if I'm doing, I'm doing something, I'm getting something out of it. Like, what is it? So I'm trying to be curious. I'm trying to rumble. I'm trying not to judge, you know? Um, and, uh, and just kind of figure it out. But I'm, uh, I'm mostly, uh, just confused. I'm mostly just feeling like, I don't know what the hell's going on. And I think maybe, 
maybe that's where I need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I need to be in a place where I don't, you know, cause I'm always so much, you know, I'm always so in search of the answer, right? I mean, what am I doing this podcast for? If not to find the answer, if not to be right, <laughs> if not to like figure it out and do the right thing and be the right thing and all that kind of stuff. And I think that, the what I do is I I try so hard to do the right thing and to be the right thing that I don't pay attention to what I am, you know, and, and where I am in the process. And maybe I need to, to like allow some curiosity for that, you know? So, so that's kind of where I am this week. It's not really fun. There's nothing really good to like, there's no like bright side or, you know, the, the ending where I like, you know, I, I'm victorious and I got through everything and it's all okay now. Like it's, it's not like that. It's all, it's all fucked up. It continues to be fucked up. It's been fucked up. What I'm saying is that I'm conjugating all of the verbs, past, <laughs> present, and future for how fucked up it is. So, and that's, that's all I've got. <laughs> Well, I mean, first of all, you have coined the new favorite phrase of the unfucking, which is fabulous. <laughs> so you can conjugate. I am trying to unfuck my yes, life. Yes, that's right. Exactly. You can conjugate any verb you want, any way you want. But I think it mm. takes a lot of courage to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And when, especially when you have to do that, if you put the should hat on, you know, don't should all over mm-hmm. yourself. Um, no, don't don't shit all, all over yourself, yourself. Right? All right, Mandy, I'm going to need that <laughs> on a- okay. um, but, but that stops you from being honest. It stops you from being mm-hmm. curious because you immediately yeah. throw down that, that wall of, you know. Right. And so it mm-hmm. is, I think it takes a lot of courage to be honest with yourself and to look at some of the things that are hard to look at. And it's mm-hmm. not going to be a fast process. I mean, you're in the, the middle. You're in the that difficult stage with this. You know, you're, you're yeah. still in act, act two. I'm going to say two. I'm going to say two. I don't think you're still in one. <laughs> I think we're, we're in act two. I think now, so. Right? Yeah. I mean, I mean act two. We, I'm telling you, if we hit the next two. chapter and she's like, and back in act one, I'm going to throw the book out the window. Exactly. Like that. <laughs> no, cause we're, we're rumbling yes, though. I, I mean, we're so. rumbling. We're, we're engaging in curiosity and we're rumbling. We, I think we've identified a lot of the things that are issues for us. I think we've identified the emotions and that's, that's act one, yeah. you know, where you're just, you're just realizing that you're having these responses. And I think we've been in the rumble, you know, with a lot of this stuff. But the thing is like, I, it's so, it's such a messy, gross process to me, yeah. you know, like it's, it's, I just like, I want to have my, my epiphany and then just be like, <laughs> Ooh, everything's great, you know? Um, but you know what? It's, it's, it's messy and it takes time and it's, you know, it's, I don't know. Like I just, and when, she, you know, we were talking, we'll get to the reading, but when she was talking about like the nine months it took her to deal with like her, her rumbling with the homeless yeah. thing, you know? And I was like nine months of a rumble man, that's a long time to rumble. (laughs) I was like, I don't want to rumble for nine months, but you know, whatever. So we'll talk about that when we get to the, to the reading, but you know, but it's, it's, I think we're, we're, we're clearly like in this rumbling stage with so many, with, with forgiveness and, you know, and all of these things that we've been talking about and, you know, affirmations and, and value and boundaries. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're still rumbling with all of these things and it's a lot of rumbling. I mean, I'm tired. I feel like there should be a new ride at Six Flags, you yeah. know, like the Rumble Mama the Rumbler. or something, where you just like you get in there and it just shakes you till you think you're gonna die, and then it was like, hey, wasn't that fun? Like something like yeah. that. Yeah, and then they give you yeah, a mimosa because no, that's kind of what this is. And okay, no, see the mimosa. 
That is the thing. I am very much looking forward to the day that we hang out and we wake up in the morning and it's just mimosas yes. all the way down. All day. Mimosas all the That's way right. down. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So how about you? Did you have any, uh, like, please tell me that you had like more clarity than I did in your rumbling. Cause I just feel like I just went blah, 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 and came up with nothing. You I know? think I had a little bit of clarity, although it's a, it's Good. a little bit of clarity maybe about not quite a big of a rumble, but that's okay. Cause mm-hmm. I am claiming small victories now. Um, <laughs> but before the last uh, Big Strong Guest episode dropped, you and I were talking about my anxiety and, and fear and self-consciousness because I was worried mm-hmm. I had gotten a little too personal and too far mm-hmm. away from the book. And I, I f- had this fear of being, you know, egotistical. I'm sorry. I know, I know. When you're hanging out with me and I'm talking about every detail of my marriage that blew up and left a crater, like the idea that you're being too personal, I love you. I love you. Okay, yes. go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. But you, you know, but you told me that your public rumbling mm-hmm. with vulnerability has encouraged other people to be vulnerable and Mm -hmm. and to help them, you know, be more brave. And you've done that for me. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank you for that. And, and I'm starting to think that this, it's the fear that keeps me from, from writing because being seen, Mm -hmm. like just being seen is, is kind of awful. But -hmm. the parts of this podcast that have been the most healing for me are the stories that I've been sharing. And while I don't think I'm going into too much graphic detail, it's a lot more than I ever thought I would share. It's a lot for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Like it's, it's a huge, like, I think that the, the Delta between, you know, like my comfort zone and the stuff that I'm sharing and the Delta between your comfort zone and the stuff that you're sharing again, like we can't compare them <laughs> because, because obviously I'm, I'm a sharer. I've been public, uh, with everything always because that's just who I am. Um, and I think for you, you're much, much more private. So for you sharing, you know, even what you've shared, like, I think that's a huge, so I'm sorry. I didn't mean to minimize at all what you've been sharing. I was just teasing because compared to me, I thought, you know, I thought my original contribution to the show would be like a philosophical analysis of the footnotes in the book. <laughs> and not any of my personal crap. Um, but (laughs) I love though that you're sharing this stuff though. And it is really valuable. People are really responding to the things that you're talking about too. Well, it's been amazing to see that I'm not the only person that that struggles with some of these things. And I think part of this may be that feeling of being called to write, which I've struggled with Mm -hmm. my whole life because on one hand I want to write. And on the other hand, I want to be invisible. And so this is a podcast and it's not a book, but it still feels like writing because I'm sharing my words with other people. And I think that I have stayed away from that side of writing because you have to let your real self be seen, you know? Mm -hmm. So for a week without homework, uh, I think I ended up sort of thinking about what writing actually feels like and what sharing feels like and realizing that that's what I had been hiding from. So it was kind of a, kind of an aha, um, which is one of the reasons that I'm going to post the silly little script anyway, just because, you know, cheers to being scared and doing the damn thing anyway. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. That's amazing. Well, I'm really like, you've done some really good work. I've been kind of over here just sitting in my own mess. Oh my God, please. Girl, you are but crazy. You've really done some. You do you've like some the, you've made some good progress. I've done the most amazing work for someone that was <laughs> towered like months ago. You are like a super power Wonder Woman. I mean, <laughs> I am. Let me just be absolutely clear. I am a hot fucking oh, mess. Me too. <laughs> 
Me too. Oh, God. I don't even need a Halloween costume. I just go as a hot mess every year. It's just standard. Oh my God. Seriously. (laughs) I just, I can't like, I have never, uh, and I think maybe it's a good thing, but like I've never at a point in my life given up so much on even trying to like be okay. (laughs) Like I have never given up so hard on, on, trying to have it together like I have always been like nope I'm gonna pull it together I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna do the right thing I'm gonna behave the right way I'm gonna say the right thing I'm gonna be that you know I am I am so full of fuck it right now I can't even tell you like my fuck itometer is all the way up at the top you know <laughs> and uh and I just like and I don't know like and and this is one of the things though that I like about big strong yes that I like what we're doing is that most of the time when you go into self-help stuff, right? Even with God bless her, lover Brene Brown, right? You go into her book and she's like, oh, and I had this problem. You know, I didn't look good in a Speedo. <laughs> and then, um, and now I'm perfect. <laughs> so, you know, don't mind me. Um, but like by the end of it, they've always got this big victory story and they've figured everything out and everything's great. And they've got this whole, you know, and it always feels like, okay, yes. And when I finish the book, I'm going to be as perfect as Brene Brown. And that is never going to happen to me. That is just never, I'm never going to be that together. It's just never going to happen. And you know, and I have to like accept that I'm going to be messy, Mm -hmm. you know, messy, brave, and weirdly lovable. That has been kind of my thing. That has been my identifier ever since I read that, that New York times, uh, review of Anne Lamott where they called her that. And I was like, that is me messy, brave, and weirdly lovable. That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I'm ever going to be. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep striving, but I'm, I'm done trying to do everything right. Cause it's just not, it's just not going to happen. I'm never going to get it right. <laughs> I'll get it right ish. Give you know, me authenticity but... over right any day. Yeah. Well, I hope that that's valuable for people who are listening. Cause whenever you do like a self-help thing, you're always like, well, at the end of it, they're all perfect. And here I've read all these books and I've done all these things. And you know what? I do not have it figured out. Not yet. Oh, you know, not I even have close. some things figured out. No. I have some things, but, but not a whole lot, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm babbling and I'm str- I'm just telling everybody I'm a hot mess this I, week. I just don't have your it. sister <laughs> in hot mess. them. we're good. But I think <laughs> like and the, the self-help idea is laughable to me anyway, because I am not in a position to be helping nobody. Like that is not what this is for. <laughs> and I, I've never wanted to structure big, strong. Yes. As a self-help podcast, because it's not, this is a, well, no, it's us helping ourselves. Right. Us like, helping and us people and, are just and, listening while we try to help right. ourselves. Right. And other people helping other people. Um, yeah. But, and I have, I have always argued that while there's a self help section in the bookstore, there should be a helping others section mm-hmm. beside it. Because at some point, yeah. like, this is how stuff really gets done. It, it is through mm-hmm. sharing and through lifting each other up. And, you know, yeah. I, I think that there's just a lot to be said for, for being honest about the mess. And maybe you just never get it together. Oh, God, like, I maybe hope not. Nobody ever has it together. <laughs> no. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe, maybe that's not the point. I don't think it's maybe the, the point. point is just maybe the point is just being honest about mm-hmm. it. Maybe the point is just not pretending 
that you have it together or that you have a clue as to how all this is supposed to go. And you just kind of let it be like, I try to control everything. I try to make everything. I try to like, I have a will of iron and I will make this thing work if it kills me. Like that is who I am. Right. You know, and, and a couple of times trying to make some things work almost did kill me. So, you know, um, that's, that's, that's something to think about. But I think that the goal isn't to get it together, but the goal is to know where you are. It's that reckoning, you know, it's that, that navigation, the figuring out where you are, understanding where you are, being honest about where you are and living in that space as honestly and as, you know, with as much integrity as you can. Right. I mean, is that it? I think I would much rather figure out who I want to be than what someone else would want me to be. Yeah. You know, and, and being comfortable. Like when you meet people who seem genuinely comfortable in their own skin, and they're comfortable mm-hmm. with who they are and they're not striving for some level of perfection or polish or yeah. that or pretending yeah. to be something that they're That's not. Right. Mm-hmm. I think perfectionism, polish and pretending have a whole lot in common and they're not particularly yeah. things I want in my life, you know? Yeah. So no, I think that's weird, good. messy. There we yeah, go. man. I'm all messy, about brave it. and weirdly lovable. That's right. That's what we got. <laughs> <laughs> and if we ever do big, strong, yes, season two, we have to do bird by bird mm-hmm. because Anne Lamont is okay. a goddess. She's fantastic. As a matter of fact, I picked the quote this week. It's an Anne Lamott quote. <laughs> I'm just saying. We got a theme here going. I like it. All right. So maybe we should talk about the book. Oh, you think so? <laughs> maybe just a little. <laughs> I'm just over here, you know, being a mess. I don't know what's going um, on. Okay. Yes. Let's talk. Let's about talk it. about the book. <laughs> so where All do you right. want to start? Well, um, you know, I have to say like the easy mark chapter was, uh, was kind of an interesting chapter. It was, you know, about Brene Brown's struggle and rumble with, uh, with homelessness specifically, um, but as a wider expression of just human need, you know, I didn't really like, uh, I didn't feel as much with this chapter the way that I felt with other chapters. Like it was specifically made to stick a knife in my heart and make me cry, you know, make me feel terrible about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> The way that like the rest of the book has. Um, but you know, but I thought it was, it was really an interesting kind of illustration of a long protracted rumble. Yeah. And I kind of, I liked that, that she spent so much time not really having the answer that she wanted from mm-hmm. that. You know, so what did you think? Uh, I think the same way. I like the story of the, kind of the source of the word easy mark and where that came from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and I like that too, because I am a sucker and I'm the one that will bring home a stray dog, mm-hmm. person, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> and, and, you know, everyone in my family would call me an easy mark because I would fall for something mm-hmm. like that. But I, I think yeah. there's value maybe in believing the best of people until they give you a reason not to, or, or wanting mm-hmm. to help whenever you can. And then, yeah, if you start thinking about the problems of the world and your limited ability to help, and then you start just feeling hopeless and it's just a bad Mm -hmm. downward spiral, which I think her struggle with the homelessness comes from that. Um, Because I know, I know mine does too. I think the part that got me was the idea of wanting to help, but never wanting to need help. And that's Mm -hmm. a difficult thing to struggle with, but I think it's true. So I want to be the person that helps others. I never want to be in a position where I have to ask for help. And I've had to ask for help way more than my fair share in life. Um, and I hate it. I hate asking yeah. for help. Um, mm-hmm. But I have to do it. And apparently the universe wants me to start doing it on a regular fucking basis because they keep throwing <sighs> shit at me. 
Um, <laughs> so, but but I do, and it's weird that desire that we have to to help, but not to need help, or just discomfort with need in general. You know, and and right many to different... be above mm-hmm. it. You know yeah. that, like, and it it comes down to that double standard, right. right? You know, I mean, she has on page one eighty. She says, "When you judge yourself for needing help, you judge those you are helping." That's right. You know, and I think it's it's part of this double standard that we, you know, we've been struggling with, you know, this whole time talking about how like things apply to me that don't apply mm-hmm. to you. Like you can do something. It's completely understandable. I can do the exact same thing and I'm a fucking monster, you know. Um, And so I find that kind of interesting, you know, when she was talking like in, in this broader um application of where this double standard, you know, comes from, because honestly, like I I will uh, do anything, you know, basically I can to help anybody. If I have the power to help somebody, um, I get like a real rush off of that. Like I get like, whenever I can do something, if I can, you know, like a student comes to me and they need a letter of recommendation, I'm like, yes. And I do it like immediately, you know, um, and turn that around and get it right to them because they're, you know, and, and like, and I've always told my students, I'm like, once my student, always my student, you can come to me five years down the line. If there's anything you need, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to do stuff for you. You know, um, anybody like who comes to me and needs something from me, like I will, you know, I will want to do it for them. I can't always because I only have so many hours and so much energy and all that kind of stuff. And I find myself coming across limitations a lot more um, now than, than maybe I used mm-hmm. to, but, um, but, you know, but I do like doing that. And, and there've been a few times in my life when I've really needed help and, um, and I still struggle with that. I still look back on those times when people helped me and instead of thinking, okay, you know, this is how the world works. We help each other. We hold each other up. You know, humans are pack animals for a reason because sometimes you need help. Sometimes you need to do that. Um, and, but I'm still uncomfortable with the times that, that people have helped me and I still feel like I want to pay that back, but there, but there are certain things you can't repay. You know, you just like, they're, they're unquantifiable. Like you can't, like, there's nothing you can do, you know? So yeah, I find that, um, it's, it's definitely a rumble that I'm in. Like, I don't rumble as much with the specific things. Like she was specifically rumbling with this, this idea of homelessness and then expanded that into this idea of need and then associated that with her, her grandmother who, you know, was, was completely comfortable with needing people, Mm -hmm. you know, and that that's what made her comfortable with people needing her. And, um, And I don't know. I'm still rumbling with it. I'm still not sure exactly how I feel about that whole thing. What do you think? I think my clarity moment with this was realizing that if someone needs me, I have value. But if Mm -hmm. I need someone else, where does, where's my inherent value? And where's my value? What am I doing to earn my space? Because I always feel like I have to earn my space. And that Mm -hmm. is not how you're like, that's not how you're supposed to feel. Right. You're supposed to feel like you're, I guess that's where the enough comes from is that you don't have to keep earning Mm -hmm. your space. And um, page 161 in the paperback, she said, there's nothing better than the warm embrace of belonging. That feeling you get when you're part of something you love or believe in. And she was saying Mm -hmm. that in reference, I think, to her church or or her Mm -hmm. faith. And I thought, this is probably a big empty hole for me because I don't know Mm -hmm. that I belong any particular place you know like I don't have that strong Mm -hmm. sense of belonging in different areas Mm -hmm. like I'm you know that other people might have or or be used Mm -hmm. to or people who have families that are 
you know, families. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, that, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm not part of a marriage. I'm not part of a church. I'm not, but it's just different. And he wrote a really groundbreaking paper a long time ago Mm -hmm. about the psychological needs of people. And it's often represented as a pyramid today. You'll hear a lot about that, but he Mm -hmm. didn't actually write it as a pyramid. So he just kind of wrote out a description, (laughs) but on the, Mm -hmm. that first level of need, you have, you know, like your basic physical food and, and shelter and sex and just the basic, mm-hmm. you know, human requirement. And then you get up to right. like safety and then you get up to like belonging, which is a psychological mm-hmm. need. And at the very top is self-actualization. And so I think striving for understanding is what this is all about. You know, mm-hmm. it's clarity and it's it's self-awareness and it's honesty. And it may not be becoming a perfect person or, or changing dramatically, but it's about gaining understanding that you didn't have before. Right, right. Instead of not looking right. at it, you know, and not dealing with it at all. You know, you're dealing with it and and asking those questions and coming to an answer. But the answer doesn't necessarily like the answer is like, this is why I'm feeling this way. Right. This is what the source of this discomfort is. And this is. is the truth of it. But in the end, yeah, yeah the truth, of, the it, truth right. of it. You know, and, and just, even now with something yeah. that tiny. So when I just briefly gave mm-hmm. a description of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I am now mm-hmm. like I can feel my face is a little red. And I yeah. want to tell you to go back and cut it because I didn't pull a citation. I don't know if I got the levels exactly right. I don't know that I worded it perfectly. And I want to go back and check my uh-huh. sources and add a footnote and then delete the whole thing because I might have not <laughs> represented it with total academic perfection. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No, I think you did. Good. I mean, I, you know, I'm familiar with the with Maslow's hierarchy. And I think like you're talking about it in a very general yeah. way. But I'm you saying know, like, but I mean, so, yeah, but the heat was on my face. And I felt uncomfortable. Normally, I would just ignore right. it and be like, well, I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But, I'm gonna... but now I'm like, oh, I'm feeling a thing. Hold on. But you're feeling it. <laughs> what does that and mean? And you're rumbling with it. <laughs> you and know. you're, yes, acknowledging that that's where it comes from. So yeah. I, it's little, but it, those things do help. And so, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's just small steps of becoming aware and incredibly honest with yourself. And that gives mm-hmm. you a level of understanding that no one can take away from you. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, this whole podcast this week is making me horribly uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> Because I don't have, because I don't have any answers. And I'm not saying anything pithy, and I'm not coming up with anything fun, and I'm not being funny. I'm just a big mess. I'm fairly certain like, I don't have that anything, we have laughed. I don't feel like I have anything of value. I think we've laughed a wee little bit in this podcast. No, and- we have, but like you know, like I, I feel like I always try to come into you know the podcast with something of value to offer, and the only thing I've had this week is. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know. Fuck it. You know, I mean, that's all I've got. No, like, that's not true. I'm not even drunk, <laughs> but I might as well be. No, what you brought is your honest experience. And that is worth more than you can possibly imagine because you're sharing your honest rumble with people and you're not trying to clean uh, it up and you're not trying to pretty it up. Present it in a way that's right. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm not doing a good job this week, but you know what? I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to let it sit. And I'm going to let people listen to it. And if they want to shoot me at the end of the thing, <laughs> tell me to shut up. Well, I feel that way every week. I think we just have to get over it. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, you're lovely. You're week. lovely. I, however, week. okay. So- you're awesome. Oh, no, you're now. awesome. Oh, you stop. hang up first. Right, no, so you hang up first. All right. We have to not do that. <laughs> okay. 
Let's go into the aha okay. moment from this Let's week. What did you have as an aha moment? What what really struck you from this? So week? my aha was that the rising strong process can take years. And so mm-hmm. I know sometimes I feel bad about myself because I'm still struggling or still bothered by, you know, crap that happened a long time ago. And oh, now yeah. I'm like, you know what? That's okay. Because this, this right. ain't a 30 day how to process you know exactly it can take take time and Mm -hmm. I think you know you've said before that healing is not a matter of time it's a matter of intention attention Mm -hmm. and so it Mm -hmm. just helped me to realize that this process really can take a long time some issues you can rumble with you know quickly and then some might might Mm -hmm. take a long time and that's okay right so that was a a good Mm -hmm. aha for me what about you I like that um, for me, I think like the, the thing that I really connected with the most was this idea of the double standard, you mm-hmm. know, and that I, and that you're right. It's so related to value and worth, which is always, apparently everything for me comes back to value and worth, yeah. you know? Uh, so that appears to be the big, uh, struggle that I have. Um, but you know, it was, it's this idea that I, I want to be able to do for other people and not need them to do for me so that I have this margin of, of value error. You know what I'm saying? So that like, there's this space for me to stash my complete lack of worth, you know, that if I'm doing all this stuff, it gives me, I, my, my, um, you know, like my ledger is in the black and I have, I have more that I've done for other people so that that's, it's in that black that I put my own value, my own lack of value, my own lack of worth, like rests in there. Like I could be comfortable with the fact that I am not worthy because I'm doing more because I'm, I'm being better. I'm doing more for other people than necessarily they're doing for me, Um, which really has not been the case in recent years. I've had to, that margin of error has, has tightened up quite a bit as my life has, has fumbled not once, but twice in the last eight years. Thank you very much. That's two, two, two divorces in eight years. That's, that's, that's success for you. Uh, So, you know, I mean, I I look at that and because I've had my life fall apart so spectacularly so much in the last, you know, a few years, um, I've needed more help and I've needed more assistance and I've, I've had to, you know, rely on friends more and I've, I've talked to them about my problems more, which is something that I usually uh, try not to do because who the hell wants to listen to my problems? I don't want to listen to my problems, but apparently I think, you know, thousands of people in this podcast are going to want to listen to it because I do it every week but um <laughs> at least you're not being so, hard on yourself or self-critical no or anything like that right no I mean that's at least I'm not doing that right um so I think that this this idea of that double standard of you know that if you um you know if you judge people who need help or if you judge people who x whatever right. you know then you're judging yourself for that you know um, and, and that the double standard for me is a way of me kind of sidestepping my own lack of value or the, the, the feeling that I have about my own lack of value, not to say that it's true that I have no value to say that I feel that I have no value, <laughs> no worth. Um, and so I think that for some reason, like understanding that as, as this is a trick that I play so that I can, I can kind of stash my lack of value there and not look at it directly. Um, I, I, that gives me a place to go with it. That gives me a place to kind of start that rumble, yeah. you know, with this idea that I have to do more to make up for the fact that I don't have value as, as and taking as an assumption that I don't have value, 
you know, as opposed to maybe I should reject that premise, you know, uh, yes. um, which is part of what, which is part of what all of this rumbling is about, right? You're, you're, we're presuming things that are not true we're, or we're hiding from things that are true. And so we have to look at them directly and then decide, is this true? Is this not true? And once you're actually looking at the thing direct in the eye, you can deal with it. But when you're running away from it, you know, when you're stashing it in this margin of error, you know, um, I think that that's when it does all of that damage, because my presumption has always been that I don't have as much value as anybody else. Um, and I need to look that in the face and, and you know, rumble with that. So that's the, the double standard and the purpose of the double standard and why I have a double standard is so that I can hide the fact that I don't feel like I have value. I see it just breaks my heart to hear you say that, because I would love nothing more than for you to see the amazing value that you have <laughs> and well but, yeah if we could see ourselves the way that others see us yeah you know but I think part of that double standard is realizing that at some point a hypothesis simply does not hold true so if you can mm -hmm. say everyone has value except me then you just have to realize that that's false if other people have value yeah. so do you you know if other mm -hmm. people have value so do I and so we just have to to learn that our way of thinking about ourselves is kind of fucked up. We're going to change it. Yeah. No, it is. It's totally, totally fucked up. Because And let the unfucking begin. That's right. Because, <laughs> my God. I mean, you have more value than I could even begin to put into this oh. podcast. But I, I would personally love to see, I would just love to see that moment when you are able to recognize it for yourself. Well, that's what we're working that's toward, right. right? That's what this whole thing is. And you too, you know, I mean, like, you, you've got a lot of the same stuff going on. We both got to, you know, got to kind of get past that presumption. Yeah. So what did you struggle with? I mean, kind of our ahas are still sort of struggles this week. But what was your strong challenge? Yeah. What did you resist? Um, this idea that like, you know, she has this, this whole thing where she's talking about you, you know, when you have stress, you either over function or you under function. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that's great. So no matter what you're fucking up, like, where is the happy middle there? You just, you know, plain old function. <laughs> like what is, you know, she didn't, she talked about like, you're either this or you're that. And they're both a mess and they're both wrong. And just, you know, and I'm like, well, what is the right way? And then again, like always looking for the right way, always looking for the, you know, the perfect place where I can I can slide in and always be appropriate and always do the right thing and uh and so I I found it a little annoying that that she didn't have a you know she didn't give me any like instructions for what is the best way to handle stress <laughs> <laughs> what am what am I supposed to be doing if not because I'm an over functioner I am telling you something man when um when crisis happens like I am your girl like I will freak out when nothing's happening I will have anxiety attacks over what could possibly happen and worry and fret but when something actually happens I am in my fucking element man I've got it down I'm running the show I mean <laughs> it is crazy and then I you know I, I completely freak out and, and crash and fall apart like afterward but in the crisis man I'm really good so I, I'm, I'm an over functioner mm -hmm. this was my strong challenge too um, was the mm -hmm. idea of over-functioning and, and under-functioning. Mm -hmm. And on page 169, Dr. Brown said this came from a book written by Harriet Lerner called The Dance of Connection, mm -hmm. which I think now I want to mm -hmm. read, um, about yeah. the two patterns that we use to handle high periods of stress. So over-functioning, mm -hmm. you know, you become 
superwoman. You're in charge. You get everything mm-hmm. done. You take care of everybody. And under-functioning mm-hmm. when you just, you know, fall apart and become helpless and do nothing. And um, originally, I read it, and I didn't think much of it. I was like, over-functioner, mm-hmm. check, move on. Um, yes. Because <laughs> I kind of consider myself like a high priestess of over-functioning. But it, it kept sure. nagging mm-hmm. at me all week. And and I was resisting going back and rereading it. And then I was like, oh, wait, I'm resisting this. Damn it. So I had to go back and read it again. And um, I realized that I do over-function when someone else is in trouble. When someone else has mm-hmm. a big problem. When someone else has a crisis. But when yeah. I have a crisis, I under-function. When it's uh-huh. me, I feel like my I lose that power. Like, I, I, I fall uh-huh. apart. Um you know, and that makes me incredibly uncomfortable and I don't like it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah. so I, th- I think it's, it may not be an all the time one or the other thing. There may be situational mm-hmm. context to when you right. and when you under function. Um, and then as soon as I realized that I resisted the hell out of it. So <laughs> my strong challenge for the week. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, so what about yeah? So we didn't have homework last week, so we're we're gonna we're right. gonna have some homework this week, right? What's your action for the week? What's your yeah. yes? I'm gonna continue doing the affirmations, okay. which I hate because I hate them so much, and so since I hate them so much, I have to continue doing them <laughs> because right, if we're resisting something, then it must be good for us. I want. I want to get to the point where I'm feeling the value of the affirmations because right now, and I've actually recorded these videos, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I talk like I'm talking to an audience. I think, you know, I think I was thinking of the big strong yes audience when I was recording them. Cause I keep saying you guys, you guys, like I'm talking to an audience when I'm sitting in my car in the parking lot at work and people must just be walking by going that, that, that girl's crazy, <laughs> you know, um, and uh, so I've got these, so I do these affirmations into my phone, you know, when I get to work and I'll, I will do them tomorrow and maybe I'll put up a, 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 you know, a compilation of them for the, the big strongest people. If they want them, <laughs> I love they're it. Not, yeah. They're not great. They're not great. Um, but I think like, because I, I did it a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm still resisting and I'm still being snarky and I'm still, um, I'm still finding a way to like put myself down while I do the affirmation, which by the way, takes some really complicated, you know, intellectual acrobatics. <laughs> so I would like a little bit of credit for that, um, that I will actually manage to put myself down while I'm affirming. I love it. <laughs> um, so I'm going to keep doing them because I feel like I haven't gotten the value out of them mm-hmm. yet. Um, and I hate it. I hate it with my whole heart. It makes me horribly uncomfortable, um, which is another reason why I feel like I should do them. <laughs> so for me, it is it is affirmations. Um, what about you? So this is where I have a big blank piece of paper. Um, mm-hmm. I could not think of anything for myself this week. So I need I need yeah. you to assign me homework. Ah. Um, I think that you should write a thing. I think that you should. Okay, I think you should write fanfic. Oh, I think you should pick. Yes. Pick a. Okay. Yes, I think you should pick a favorite property. Oh my god! And write a short story fan fiction in that space oh. because okay, you're. 
moving into like you just did this whole huge move you just did this whole huge thing and you're in this like creative space and you want to get started writing again and fan fiction is a wonderful transitional thing you you have characters that are already there you have a world that is already built you can move right into it and just do the writing just kind of get into the zone of the writing um and it's fan fiction is a wonderful thing there are a lot of people have problems with it there are a million reasons why i think it's fantastic and that everybody who wants to write should start with fan fiction because it's a great kind of like warm-up exercise but i think that you should I... do that i think you should do something with fan fiction. I think this is brilliant. Okay. So <laughs> a few days ago on Twitter, um, mm -hmm. Kate, who is at I do human things, and I asked her for permission mm -hmm. to, to share this. She started mm -hmm. like my favorite Twitter thread of all time. And it was, um, <laughs> she asked people if you could have a minor character from Buffy in their own spinoff show, who would it be? And it mm -hmm. was so much fun playing in that thread. And I had five or six ideas that I threw uh... in there. But then I had one idea and I thought, oh, my God, I really want to write that. Like, I really, mm -hmm. really want to write that. <laughs> and then, of course, I got busy with my week and forgot all about it until you just said to me, mm -hmm. you should write fan fiction. And then I remembered, mm -hmm. oh, my God, I had this idea and it sounded like fun. So I'm going to do it. Oh, I will do that awesome. for my homework. And that's fun homework. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of just homework. doing fun homework. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think that's really, it's really well, because the thing is that I think what you are, you're blossoming right now with this, this creative surge, like you've gone through this whole huge transformation, this, this move that you recently did, you know, which by the way, congratulations, Thanks. Kelly is recording from her new office with a door that shuts, which is awesome. <laughs> um, so, you know, you've you've got this creativity that is just, you know, kind of exploding right now. And I think sometimes it can be it can be difficult when you've got all of these things that you want to do. And you're like, what do I do? What do I do? I think having something that you can focus on that you can just do this one thing will be really good. And part of this homework, and I'm not going to force this on you. I'm, by no means am I going to say you have to share it. But I think that maybe next week or the week after or sometime when you're ready, Maybe you'll be able to share it. Maybe you'll be able to kind of start, you know, putting some of that work out there and like slowly allow yourself to be seen a little bit. Because I think that, I think you want oh, that. God. I think that this is something that you, <laughs> all right, I'm not saying you have to, because that is the sharing your work is a personal thing and it may not be the right thing for you. You're going to know if it feels right or if it doesn't. Um, and that's entirely up to you. I think that, um, being seen a little bit may not be a bad thing for you. Oh, and now I'm and allowing yourself to be seen. in my chair again. Okay, oh, I'm gonna write the okay. thing. You know what? And I will share my favorite part. Uh, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, <laughs> baby. This is, it takes time. You've got time. Okay. You'll figure it out, and it's gonna be all right. But it's just something that, like, I think that doing this creative work and kind of you're you're really struggling with, um. With the creativity, yeah. which is so much like naturally a part of who you are. I think that for years and years and years, you've denied this part of yourself or you, you haven't given it time. You haven't given it attention. Mm -hmm. And now you're in this huge transformation in your life. You started a new job. You've moved to a new place. You know, you're doing all of this transition and, and you're transforming and this creative 
stuff that you've had in you like all this time is just like exploding, you know, and that can be really hard to control and to feel like you you've got a place to put it, you know, so having some creative things to do, like doing the collaging that you did, which was really great. Everything for you is coming back to creativity. So I think that uh, that doing something focused like that in a space that you're not expecting, you know, you're using fanfic, you're not expecting to publish it, you're not expecting to do anything with it. It's just a pure avenue for creativity and for kind of getting getting those gears moving again because you've had them locked down tight for so long yeah you know okay this sounds like fun homework i kind of feel like i'm cheating because it's good fun. no <laughs> i think that that's good sometimes homework can be okay. fun and that is okay okay awesome <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess that is it for, for this week's Big Strong S, yes, with which I am horribly uncomfortable, but that's hey, okay, because I don't care, because it's all going to be fine. It's a big it's a big hot mess. All right, so the closing quote this week, as I have promised earlier in the episode, is from Anne Lamott, who we all love with our whole heart, um, and her quote is this, your problem is how you are going to spend this one odd and precious life you have been issued. Whether you're going to spend it trying to look good and creating the illusion that you have power over people and circumstances, or whether you are going to taste it, enjoy it, and find out the truth about who you are. Big Strong Yes is a Chipperish Media production and is entirely funded by listeners like you. To find out how you can support Big Strong Yes and everything Chipperish Media does, visit patreon.com slash chipperish. Thanks, y'all.